Coming up on this episode of Cancer Chat. It just looked like the, the cancer was basically on the brainstem. Mm. All I can say is that, uh, you know, it was pretty difficult to deal with basically, but uh, made it through. I'm a huge believer in clinical trials and it, for the simplest reason that we aren't good enough. Um, we, if, until we're curing everyone, we need clinical trials. The whole point of a clinical trial is to improve upon where we are now. Welcome, I'm Dr. Ray DeBoyce, Director of the Hollings Cancer Center here at MUSC. It's May in Charleston and it's already starting to feel like summer. It's also Melanoma and Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And melanomas of the skin are the fifth most common cancer in South Carolina. Today, I have with me a patient, Tim Bykema, who made a remarkable recovery from a melanoma that was really threatening his eyesight. And he did that after participating in a clinical trial here at Hollings. And I also have the doctor who's leading that trial, John Kazmar. He's an expert in immunotherapy and in helping us to provide cutting edge treatment to South Carolinians like Tim. Welcome, Tim. I'm glad you're here to, to join us today. Thank you very you look, much, sir. You look great. And so, how well, do, so do you. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So how do you feel? Oh, I'm feeling wonderful. I feel, I feel so renewed in, in life and in every aspect, basically. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we have a photo here, you know, of what your melanoma looked like when you first came to Hollings. So I understand that one of the first suggestions was to consider some pretty radical surgery. Is, yeah. that, is that what you were told? Yes, it just looked like the, the cancer was basically on the brainstem. Mm. And uh, so all I can say is that, uh, you know, it was pretty difficult to deal with basically, but uh, made it through. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm sure you were uncomfortable and wanted to try to get some resolution there. But eventually, I guess you referred to Dr. Kazmar and uh, the idea came up of participating in a clinical trial. Yes. And, and once you got on uh, Dr. Kazmar's trial, how quickly did the tumor respond, do you think? It uh, responded pretty uh, amazingly fast, actually. Um, Within, uh, like, I think three months later, I could uh, show you a picture a little later that uh, it was down considerably, almost uh, getting back to normal. Yeah. So based on your experience, what, what kind of advice would you give to other patients who are in this kind of situation? Well, um, going back now, I would say if you see any type of a spot, any type of... Uh, you know, abnormality on your skin that, that has appeared or has uh, risen on it that, oh, you should really get it checked out at a, a skin doctor or, uh, you know, basically your skin doctor. You should have uh, checkups on it. And I, I really avoided it for a long time and it was a big mistake mm -hmm. and uh, paid the price. Yeah. But, uh, you know, overall, um, everything's been a tremendous recovery and a, an experience to be here. And mm -hmm. well, well, one of the things we do offer here at Hollings is the ability to participate in clinical research. And there's a whole new, um, as I'll get into with Dr. Kazmar later, generation of melanoma treatments that 
are you know being studied and already you know coming out for treatment. So um, I think that one of the things we're proud of here at Hollings is we can offer those kinds of opportunities. And um, I'm so glad that you were able to participate and, and had such a response. Well, I think I thank you guys so much. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate my doctor here <laughs> incredibly. I just feel like God sent them to me almost, or I was sent here for a purpose. And uh, I'm just honored to be here with you two gentlemen. Yeah, no, we're glad you were willing to come in and chat. You're welcome. Uh, so we're really thrilled with your melanoma response. It's just, it's so exciting. We live for these kinds of things to happen. And it really is sort of career fulfilling to see this kind of response. But we also recommend some people take preventive measures ahead of time. This includes wearing sunscreen and reapplying it frequently, wearing protective clothing like hats with brims, staying out of the sun during the middle of the day when those UV rays are the strongest, and the known ABCs of skin cancers. If you notice spots that are asymmetrical, that have a border that's irregular or poorly defined, let your doctor know. Do you have a mole uh, with an unusual color that's changing? Or if you notice any of these things, talk with your physician. You know your body best, and it's better to ask this and catch it early when it's much more treatable. And speaking of doctors, we have one here today. <laughs> we, we're joined by Dr. Kazmar, and it's wonderful to see you. And I know it was rewarding to have a patient respond like this in one of your trials. I want to get into a little bit of the science related to this approach. Um, first, though, how have treatments and survival changed for melanoma, even in your career, the time you've started your career? Yeah, it's, it's really been changing rapidly. Um, prior to the advent of any immune therapy, melanomas that had spread to lymph nodes had very high recurrence rates, and, and recurrence was usually going to be associated with a poor outcome. Um, with the advent of the, the first immune therapy in, in the mid-2000s, we started seeing patients who had really incurable disease living for many years and, and appearing essentially cured. And when we've seen durable responses in even the first generation immune therapies. And then when, when I was in training, we were, we were testing um, the agents that, that are now kind of synonymous with, with immune therapy, the anti-PD-1 drugs, which are really the, the backbone of melanoma care. And that's benefited so many patients and, and survival of even the most advanced melanomas. Um, has has increased a significant uh, significant amount where we're seeing many patients who wouldn't would have been alive in the past living years and years and sometimes living without cancer. Uh, still, there's a proportion of patients, a significant proportion of cancers don't shrink or at some point maybe initially respond but then grow again. So there's a lot of interest in improving upon the the good backbone that we have. And this yeah. this trial is one of those trials looking at adding something else to this, this anti-PD-1 um, backbone to potentially improve responses, potentially make them more durable. Well, clearly immunotherapy has been a game changer for melanoma. And I remember the early days when Dr. Jim Allison was uh, discovering the pathway and all that stuff. And just like now with these next generation drugs, we're really excited. Can, can you explain a little bit more about the clinical trial and how that works? and uh, you know how you have that set up so you can tell when you really do have a bona fide response. I mean, with this kind of uh, activity, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, so um, 
you know, with any of these clinical trials, and this was an, er an early phase clinical trial where we were testing a, a, a really a new and novel agent uh, tar targeting LAG3, which is a, another immune modulator that we think um, when, when overexpressed can make it so while immune cells, which is really what immune therapy is doing, it's harnessing the, the body's own immune system to kill the cancer, sometimes the cells don't get there. Sometimes they do, and when they do, they become weakened by the environment and aren't able to attack. And that's kind of what, what this agent is looking at, removing that, that barrier. So the cells are there, and now they can then do their job and, and attack the cancer. Um, the, these, these trials, there are rules for how we measure responses, and it's, it's really based on radiographic response, and, and we need a... Um, we need a target that we can measure, and, and with Mr. Bicomus cancer, we could, we could see it with our eyes, yes, but we could also see it with CAT scans. So we saw it, even before the study mand mandated imaging, we saw it shrinking before our eyes. So we, we knew what the response was going to be. We knew there was going to be a response, and, and then when we obtained imaging per the protocol, um, we, we saw it shrinking markedly, as he said, really, at the, at the first time we did scans a couple months in, it was already uh, much smaller. Well, Tim certainly had an incredible response, and uh, the question that you know I'm getting already is: Do do all patients respond that way, or are there some molecular signatures you can tell if they're going to have a better response ahead of time, or, or something like that? Yeah. Um, so, so, unfortunately, not every patient responds. Um, the as we're still in relatively early days in the the lag three story. What's the true overall response rate, especially with different agents, do we know exactly? Um, we've been seeing response rates um, potentially over 50%. In this, this study, I think it was around at the 60% range is what they were seeing in, in patients who hadn't been treated with a prior therapy, uh, such as Mr. Bicoma, um, which, which is great, um, but certainly not 100%. Mm -hmm. um, understanding why some people respond to immune therapy and others, others don't is still certainly an area of investigation. Um, it, with, with LAG3, they are looking at, and, and more publications will be forthcoming with, la, you know, kind of staining and LAG3 intensity, and if that is something that helps us predict who's going to be benefit most from it. This study didn't require that, um, but, but that's something we're looking at. So in general, I doubt that'll be the, the answer that completely explains why someone responds or, or doesn't. We, we still struggle with that. Um, but we, we are learning more and more of the signatures that, that at least predispose one to a response. So everybody seems to know a little bit about chemotherapy and radiation therapy. Uh, and now, you know, we have another tool in the toolkit, the immunotherapy. So how does that differ in side effects and other things that you see in your patients? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So being an oncologist, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with all the standard chemotherapy, which certainly has a role in certain cancers. It has is much less of a role in melanoma now. It was never particularly effective. Um, and, and in general, chemotherapy, pound for pound, is more toxic. Um, than immune therapy. Uh, what I tell patients is chemotherapy, whether you tolerate it or not, we, you will know and we will know that you're on chemotherapy. Immune therapy, we may know you're on it, we may not know you're on it because some patients truly have no side effects. Um, it's, I don't want to make it sound like no one has side effects because Mr. Bikema had, had some side effects. Um, you know, he, he had some, some inflammation of his lungs. Uh, he had some adrenal insufficiency. Um, and I think he had some, you know, some diarrhea as well. You had, yeah. You, so, so yeah, he had a little bit of colitis. He, he had a number of immune effects kind of at different periods. All were able to be treated and managed and, and are fully in remission. Um, but it's not to say there can't be bumps in the road, but we can generally manage them. 
And we can oftentimes then retreat people with immune therapy. Um, so, so on balance, you know, you're, you're not losing your hair. Um, you're, you're not having your blood counts go down and being at increased risk for an infection. So, so really on balance, it's a game changer for patients when they can benefit from it. Uh, they can really carry on their, their normal life. And, and for someone like Tim, he was able to get back to his normal life. Well, that's important. Well, I think this really shows why it's so important to have uh, what we call an NCI designated cancer center here in South Carolina, which is what Hollings is. We're able to stay up to date with the latest treatments and offer those to our patients. Uh, can you talk about why clinical trials are critical for your practice and for the future of oncology? Yeah, so um, I'm a huge believer in clinical trials and it, for the simplest reason that we aren't good enough. Um, we, if, until we're curing everyone, um, we need clinical trials. The whole point of a clinical trial is to improve upon where we are now. Um, and, and we've been doing that iteratively. We need to keep doing it. And, and being a center that runs a lot of clinical trials really allows us to offer patients uh, agents that we believe in that we think could be part of the future of their care. And with, with this story, the you know, antibodies against LAG3, um, just recently, uh, one of these such drugs has been approved. Uh, so, so this, you know, Mr. Bikema was on a, a type of drug um, years before it's going to be, you know, generally available. Does that happen always? Certainly not. But, but we see that and we're, we're so proud to be a part of it uh, to really help patients uh, in, in South Carolina get access to, to what may become the, the cutting edge therapies of the future early. Yeah, so what, what is the status of this particular trial with this drug? Do you think it's progressing on track to get approval in, in the near future? Uh, yeah, I suspect it will be. Um, there, as I alluded to, there is a, a competing agent that's very similar that's, that's been approved. This, this is slightly behind kind of in the, the clinical trial phases, but I suspect it is going to be approved. Um, and it, it might be approved, you know, they're, they're studying these agents in multiple lines, so both to help people whose cancers can't be taken out effectively or have spread to other places, and also potentially to help people who have had surgery make it so the cancer doesn't come back. So th these agents are really being looked at in, in multiple areas. And, and we actually have a study here where we're looking at one of these compounds uh, in, in adjuvant therapy, so after surgery, trying to make it so these cancers are less likely to come back. Are there other treatments in this kind of category? I've heard of one called TVEC. Or is there other things out there that you're looking at? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, so TVEC is an approved therapy, and what, what that actually is is, a, is an injection directly into the tumor. So some melanomas, um, if they're deeper in the body, aren't so amenable to this, but a lot of melanomas will spread locally uh, and, and can be good candidates for TVEC therapy. Uh, we have uh, you know, an expert surgical oncology team who, who's able to administer this for our patients. And I personally, I've combined it with immune therapy. We actually have a, a study of kind of a newer generation agent along those lines that we're looking at uh, in combination with immune therapy. So there's a lot of interest in, in intratumoral injections to kind of cause an even stronger immune response in an aspect of the cancer, help immune therapy work even better, um, and, and shrink these cancer better. And, and TVEC in and of itself just given alone uh, for some patients is, is very tolerable and can cause responses in these cancers. So here in South Carolina, we're really in a sunbelt where we get lots of exposure, and clearly melanoma is one. Are there other skin cancers that you have to worry about as well? And, and cer cer Certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we are certainly in the sunbelt and we see a lot of skin cancer here. Um, squamous cell carcinoma of the, of the skin is a, is a common offender. 
as well as basal cell, incredibly common. Um, oftentimes, squamous cell can be very aggressive. Basal is oftentimes less aggressive, but if left unattended, can cause problems. So as Tim said earlier, uh, if you see something that seems abnormal on your skin, get it checked out. Really, everyone should be, if you live in the state, you should probably be getting a skin exam by a dermatologist every year. So just on a personal level, how do you feel about when you can intervene in a patient who is really in some major distress and bring them almost back, I mean, to a normal lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most gratifying things in the job when, when you can see someone who's suffering from a cancer and remove that from them and help them avoid something that would have been uh, potentially curative but entirely life-changing with, with, a, with a huge heroic surgery. Um, when we're able to do that with immune therapy, and, and I've seen this with, with other types of skin cancer in addition to melanoma, where we have patients where the surgery would be disfiguring and we're able to give a therapy that in that patient might cause something that's a complete response. And that, that's basically what, what Tim has had, is it really seems like all signs of the cancer on a PET scan are, are gone. Um, and that is just the, the most amazing thing when we can do it without putting them in the hospital, without uh, changing their, their figure forever. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cancer Chat. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MUSC Hollings, and visit us online at www.hollingscancercenter.musc.edu. And remember, here at the Hollings Cancer Center, we're finding tomorrow's cure for cancer today.